Awesome. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, life's all about seizing opportunities. You need to be present, you need to be engaging, and you need to learn how to take chances. The wedding industry is no different, and you only get one chance to create the perfect day. Welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is AJ Cruz, and I'm your host, and I'm sitting here today with the CEO and founder yes. of 402 yes, Event Services, Stephen Finkel. Um, before we actually get into this interview, I want to take care of a little bit of housekeeping. So, the first ask that I have of you guys, and I need you guys to share this podcast. I want you to take this podcast, copy the link, and send it to three of your friends. That way we can start to grow the community in this entrepreneurship community and the wedding industry. Also, leave us a rating if you're checking us out on iTunes or Spotify. But to get into this interview, I'm super excited about this one, man, because we've been trying to set this interview up for probably about two or three weeks now, right? Yep. And crazy it's, schedules. It's booking season, man. It's booking season, especially <laughs> with, obviously, I don't want to date this podcast, but with COVID and everything, you know, weddings are getting pushed back and we're really trying to get those bookings out. At this point, it's it's... We're just grinding. It's it's yep. definitely like there's a competitive nature in each and everyone's industry. Yeah. And so with this, um, Stephen, you know, you've you've really built up this business and you've built it up into something amazing. And I can see that you obviously have goals to grow this thing even bigger than it is. Correct. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And so it's really cool for me to be able to sit down with you as C, from like from CEO to CEO and be able to like pick your brain about your business, yeah. learn more about how you grew this thing to what it is right now. Um, so I want to start off with this. Can you talk to the people a little about about your origin story yeah. and how you even started and how you yeah. even got into the event space? Yeah, for sure. Um, so this is um, on Honestly, one of the most asked questions that I feel like I ever got, because if you see me and you just walk in and be like, hey, this this dude plans weddings and does huge corporate events and all this kind of stuff. I'm just like, yep, I do. Um, so it kind of started way back in my high school and college days. Um, I really loved to essentially just throw parties, um, love to do all that kind of crazy stuff as any kind of high school, college kid did. Uh, but I kind of took mine to the next level. Um, so, you know, when I was in high school, I don't want to say I was a kid known for throwing the huge ragers and all that kind of stuff, but I kind of was, you know, not to toot my own horn. Um, but then as we moved into college, I, I 100% took that to the next level um, because we used to throw parties at our dorm room, you know, every weekend and all that kind of stuff. And we would have hundreds of people show up. And then I moved um, out of the dorms into a rental home with a few buddies and we literally built and, and I don't want to say built this home, but we rented this home and then made it better for parties. Um, so this was literally well, 100% a party house. So we built custom door enclosures, custom window enclosures, things like that, that we'd put up every party and we would have a party every Friday and Saturday mm -hmm. night, every weekend without it was, and it was themed. So, and this was back when Facebook events and parties was, it was the huge thing. So we had sent out a different theme every weekend. We'd have hundreds of people show up to the rental house and we didn't get caught we had cops stumped by once and that was just because there was three blocks full of cars and the foot traffic was going through the snow. So there were so many footsteps going to our front door. Neighbors started to call in on it, not because they could hear the sound inside because we built those door enclosures. Um, so you pimped this, this house oh, 100%. out. 100%. Like, there was, we built a dance floor, a DJ booth. We had custom lighting Project enclosures. X. Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> and back then when I was throwing all these parties and stuff, it got to the point where I got sponsored by like Monster and Red Bull and all that kind of stuff. So we'd have unlimited Monster and Red Bull at the house and all that kind of stuff. And then it got to the point where I would have lines. Like I would, I would fill my house with to the breaking point of people. And I was like, this is an idea. So I started hiring security to man the front door and I started charging a cover. It made more people show up and I made more money off of it. So I was like, 
okay, let's take this to the next step. I started renting out nightclubs, parking lots, you know, just huge venues, brought in the stage, the, the sound, the lighting, you know, the logistics, the bars, the security, all that kind of stuff. We started doing that on scales that got all the way up to, you know, almost 2,500 people um, for a full scale outdoor like paint party, things like that. So it got, you know, absolutely huge, starting from a few hundred people at a house party to several thousand people at, you know, a nightclub for an event that cost, you know, six figures plus to produce. But you have thousands of people there just throwing paint, doing all that kind of stuff. And, you know, just going through that is honestly where I kind of realized I, I love events. I love logistics. I love bringing people together under one roof. Um, because at that time in my life, I was going to become a cop. And that's what I was in college for. I was getting my degree in criminal justice. I was being trained by Nebraska State Patrol, doing all that kind of stuff. And as I was doing all that, I was essentially illegally drinking and having all these, you know, crazy parties or all these underage people as I was trying to become a person that goes around stopping these parties. So I was like, I need to kind of move out of this kind of world and move into something that's more lucrative for me and doesn't have as much liability. So that's why I was like, you know what? I love weddings. I love events. I love all these logistics. So let's kind of, let's move into, you know, a wedding world or an event world. And I kind of touched on different things at different locations and kind of, you know, figured out what I need um, over the past, you know, not over the past, but, you know, back then over those years, trying to figure out, you know, what route I want to take how I want to do it as I was finishing college. So I was working for a few different wedding planning companies or, you know, hotel operations, hotel sales, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I kind of just went through and, and, you know, did my due diligence of working to those different individuals, different companies, you know, obviously there were some goods, there were some bads, there were some ups, there were some downs. There's, you know, I have crazy failure stories. I have crazy past and, you know, stories mm -hmm. of past employers, things like that, that were just, you know, unheard of, especially for someone of my age to go through or and to deal with. But, you know, it's, it's built me into who I am now. And I view those past failures or those past issues or those past employers, whatever went on, you know, I build that into a positive. And that's kind of what helps me build such a strong foundation for 402 is, is going through the failures that I have and going through the issues and the, and the stuff that in the past that I have. And, and honestly, not to my horn, but you know, most people, especially my age, they never go through those kind of things or mm. never have those kind of issues. So they never know that those kind of things can happen in real life or that that stuff is real or that it costs this much money to do X, Y, Z or whatever it is. I had to go through all of that directly. And I built that into a very, very strong foundation to make sure, you know, of how to operate successfully and efficiently. And that's kind of where I was like, you know what? this needs to happen. And I knew there was a need for, you know, how I wanted to work 402 with the production side, the lighting, draping design, all that kind of stuff on the planning side where we can have multiple tiers, multiple planners and be able to send multiple people out every day. But there wasn't really one in town. So I spent, you know, three, four years building the business plan of how to operate, how to be able to scale, how to be able to touch on multiple weddings, multiple events any given mm -hmm. day. And that's kind of where I, you know, landed and I built that into 402. And then, you know, it took, like I said, four to five years. But by the time that, you know, I got the LLC documents made 402 actually public with the Facebook pages and Instagram, all that kind of stuff. I literally got my acceptance letter for the Omaha Police Department as I, you know, essentially made my LLC active. And at that time, I had another full time job just so I can kind of, you know, essentially fund 402. Um, I literally got so busy within the first month of 402, I had to quit my full-time job. And at that time I was either just like, okay, I can continue with 402 and keep booking there and take the leap of faith into this business that I you know, I've no, I don't say have any idea about. I don't know if I'm gonna be successful at or if I'm gonna make enough money to be able to live off of. Or I can accept the application for the Omaha Police Department, you know, go to training, 
and become an Omaha police like officer. Like the red pill, blue pill. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I obviously took the leap of faith in that situation. Haven't looked back since. And, you know, you know, I have goals. I have crazy stuff in mind. And, you know, that's kind of the direction and where we want to go and all that kind of stuff. But that's kind of my, you know, my origin story of how I got to where I am is just, you know, working through it, getting, you know, digging through the trenches, I guess you could say, and, and, and getting to where I am now just from, you know, I want to say having all the knowledge and expertise when I first started, but, you know, I've worked through more than probably a lot of people could ever possibly imagine. And that helps me, you know, communicate that out to my employees internally, as well as externally of, you know, what do people really want? What do people really need? And how can we provide the best possible service and product for our clients? Absolutely. And how old are you, Stephen? 29. So you're 29. Yes, sir. And I want to make this distinct point because you said that like there was a point when you worked a bunch of different jobs to mm-hmm. basically build the skills that you needed to even run a business, right? Yep. And I want that, I want this something like this is something where our audience needs to take notes is there's a distinct difference between a business owner and entrepreneur. Correct. A business owner is somebody who applies for their LLC, starts a business, runs a business, and that business stays stagnant. And if that's you, that's okay. But there is a very fine line between a business owner and an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur to me, and by definition, is somebody who is constantly innovating and trying to gain new skills to constantly progress in their business, mm-hmm. right? And to constantly innovate and find new ways to bring in income monetarily. Um, and what it sounds like is, is you got multiple jobs. So you, we talked off the podcast a little bit, but you got sales jobs, learn how to cold call, right? There's a lot of different things that you did. And that's one thing that I've noticed, like I'm trying to do is, you know, mentoring underneath some of the best, like cold calling, like salespeople in the state of Nebraska. Like I just, for instance, like Lori Frazier, um, my business partner, Landon Rhodes, his girlfriend owns powerhouse pageantry. Mm-hmm. So she's the CEO of that. And I'm going to be doing a mentorship under her uh, over sales because that's a place that I lack. Yeah. And so like, I'm looking for skills and I see that in you and that's how I'm like, this guy's an entrepreneur. And I think that's really cool to be able to sit in this room and talk to you. Awesome. Well, I think th- I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And so can you talk to the people a little bit about like more, more in depth about what 402 event yeah. services offers and yeah. you know, all like that broad range of yeah. services. So essentially what uh, 402 event services offers is we like to say that we're a one-stop shop for any and all event needs. Um, we're a full service event planning and production company regardless if that's, you know, if you just need something simple production wise, backdrops, uplights, you know, whatever that kind of stuff is, or if you need a full service planning team or, you know, you have a six figure budget plus and you need the, the most ultimate kind of planning team where you have a dedicated planner, a full team on site the day of all that kind of stuff. We can do all of those things. And, you know, and and the good thing about us is we're to the point where we're scaling, where we can hit multiple weddings and they can have, you know, any at any given time and they can have the same service and product and quality of that same service and product as they would if we had one. And that has been the biggest thing with me um, since day one is, you know, I want I know there needs to be a scale. There needs to be volume, but I don't ever want to jeopardize, you know, our service and our product and the value of it and the quality of it. And so that's, you know, over the past five years, that's what we've been working on. And we're finally to the point where we're getting perfection to where we're able to do that. So we can have multiple weddings that are full service going on at any given time. But that's just because we're so broad, we can offer so many things. We want to be able to touch on as many physical elements as as, as possible. And that's why we have the huge team that we do. And that's why we have the, you know, the different the kind of staff doing different things um, and all that kind of stuff. But we're moving into a world that's a little bit different now, obviously in 2021 with, you know, post COVID or not post COVID still during COVID. Um, but, you know, I, I do want to kind of talk on, you know, what you just for what you just said is, you know, especially this year and end of last year is we've got to adapt, you know, and we've got to change and we've got to take the initiative. And what I always say here internally is we've got to make our own waves and we've got to ride them. You know, I don't ride the waves of anyone else. I don't like to just have something show up and then we take 
take quality or we take credit for that and then ride that wave of, you know, however big it is, if it's that coolest thing in the world, Mm -hmm. I don't want to take credit for if it's not ours. And and that's kind of how I am is, you know, we want to create epicness is, Mm -hmm. is kind of, you know, the route that we're going down regardless if that's just, like I said, simple little, you know, uplight stuff like that. Or if you're coming in and we're doing a full drape and lighting design where, you know, we're bringing in the lifts, we're bringing in a two day install, floor to ceiling drapes, lights, all that kind of stuff. We can easily do, you know, both of those on top of any kind of planning service. And that's kind of where we wanted to be is we wanted to be, you know, a one stop all for everything, but we don't want anyone to think that just because we can do so many things or we have such a high volume that our service quality is affected in any way, shape or form. Cause it's not, that's what makes us unique. It, or one of the things that makes us very unique is how we've gotten to that point where we can perfect that streamlined process. And that's the point of where we're getting at. And another thing too, that'll, you know, what makes us who we are and, you know, how we got to where we are is our communication structure and how on point that is, as well as our culture, those things mixed together with the passion and love that all of us here at 402 have, we can do literally, you know, anything. And if it's physically possible, we can get it done. And, it, and it's, it's honestly, it's mind blowing. Once we get all of our heads together here, what we can produce and what we can, you know, what step back and be like, holy crap, we did that. Or we walk a client into a reception space and they cry or all that kind of stuff. Like it's, that's what we, you know, that's what we do. That's what we're here for. And, you know, we can scale it from as little as a client want or as big as a client wants. But, you know, we, we can touch on, like I said, we can do a six figure, you know, and we've done a professional football player's wedding before, or we can do a smaller scale budget wedding, which is also totally fine that, you know, we're in Omaha, Nebraska, we're in the Midwest, we, you know, we're not in Miami, we're not in New York, we're not in LA, we aren't going to have those million, two million, three to million dollar weddings, all that kind of stuff. As much as we want them, we ain't going to have them, but you know, you got to learn, you got to fit your market. And that's kind of, you know, what we're working into is fitting into our market, the perfect way where we can touch on all those, but we can also do super, super high end because, you know, we've worked with huge corporations as like PayPal, Facebook, any of that kind of stuff. We do all those kind of stuff and we want to continue doing that, but we also want to continue to do epic and huge weddings and in things of that nature. And that's what we're getting into is just getting into what we're seeing more people now is, you know, more space, more people, bigger functions, just because people are getting out of, you know, last year where they're hibernating, they want to party, they want to do all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. But that's kind of, you know, how we operate as 402 as a whole, you know, just, you know, service related, product related. We have a full service team that does all of our planning side. And then we have a full production team that does all of our production side. So it's a very good combination of, you know, multiple different heads of, you know, some people are better at this point. Some people are better at this point. But, you know, a lot of people ask us what we can do, and what we can't do. I just say anything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I like how you touched on, you know, the fact that you, like you want, you guys want to be at a point where you're scaling, but you're not like losing quality, right? Which yep. is a big thing because there's a lot of companies like, although you're getting that influx of like a lot of clientele, are you have to ask yourself the question, are you ready to scale at that point without losing quality? Yep. And that's one thing that like I battle all the time. And even now, you know, like we're a small, we're a small company, but we have the opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. Are we ready to, yep. does that make sense? Because yep. Like, okay, say we do 100K, 200K, 300K, whatever it is. At some point, I, want, I see this company as being like a $30 million, $40 million company. Yeah. Can we do that tomorrow? No, it's not going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. But taking those small steps and really understanding where you're at and then writing those processes out, making sure that you understand how you're going to scale and how you're going to do that successfully is one thing that like, you, like obviously you pointed out and I think is really, really awesome. So no, um, my question to you, Stephen, is... Yeah. How does your business operate today, right? So you guys are significantly bigger than you were mm-hmm. four years ago, right? Yeah. How does your business operate today 
versus how you guys used to operate when you first opened. Yeah, for sure. So to kind of give you just like the most basic kind of rundown on that, when we first started, it was me, me alone. And I was the only individual, the only, the only, you know, full-time, part-time employee, whatever you want to call it. We are now to the point where we have five full-time employees plus eight part-time individuals plus independent contractors. Um, and that's just the staffing wise. And I'm very smart about staffing, not just bringing people on to bring people on or do X, Y, Z. We bring people on because there's a need, there's a demand. And we're getting to that point where, you know, granted this year is a little bit different because we have all the reschedules and things like that coming. Um, but you know, just to kind of just like numbers wise, we first started when I first started doing this five years ago, almost we, I mean, the first couple of years we could barely hit a hundred you know, things of that nature. We are already well past 200 events booked for 2021. Granted, like I said, there's, we have an ungodly amount from rescheduled from last year, things of that nature. But even just on top of those, we've had, I would say we're probably close to a hundred, if not over a hundred reschedules from last year. On top of those, we are just as on point with our, you know, new um, inquiries, revenue streams that aren't related to any of the reschedules to where we were last year. So it's just insane to think of all the new inquiries and stuff like that, plus the probably close to 100, if not 100 reschedules on top of the, you know, consistent new inquiries that we haven't even received yet. It's a lot. And that's, you know, and that's to the scare of where we want. And that's exactly where we wanted us to be. So it's a little tough for me to be like, hey, this is where we are at now because I had a lot bigger. I want to say a lot bigger, a lot more cohesive of an idea before COVID hit. Uh, but then once COVID hit, it threw a huge wrench and all the plans and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, here we are, we're getting through it. And that's just, you know, that's the toughest thing of, you know, what I will say is, is getting through COVID because no one's going to say that COVID was a good thing or any of that kind of stuff. It sucked. It was the worst thing for us. We went four months without operating a single event, essentially. Um, that does crazy things for obviously people's revenue streams and stuff like that. But, you know, where we are today from that is we built and we adapted from that is what I like to tell people is we had, I want to say we had to turn 360 from last year, but we had to change. We had to adapt. We had to be innovative to be able to get through COVID, to be able to continue to get through COVID and to be able to still execute, you know, the, the scale of weddings that we were before, but not even just that, get bigger, get better. And that's what we've kind of done. And that's what we're in the process of doing is just because, you know, everything that's been going on the past 12 months has just been mind boggling to try and work through and stuff like that. So people are like, where do you want to be right now? I'm like, talk to me in 2022 when we can get through <laughs> this whole reschedule year and things like that. Like this is, I want to say this is an up in the air year, but it's going to be different than last year and it's going to be different than next year. And that's just because thanks a lot, COVID. Um, but you know, we're going to get through it and that's where we are now. And we're figuring out the best ways to make sure that, you know, every, like I said, cause we're not going to take away from any of our service or any of that kind of stuff. We just want to make sure that it's, you know, the best possible service and product that we can offer for everyone and no matter in what situation, um, or where it is. Um, but I think that's the easiest way to say of kind of where we are from when we started to now, because like I said, if we didn't have COVID, it'd be a little bit different, but like I said, we had to change, adapt and, and kind of do a 180 and redo a lot of stuff. So the past month, we've just been reworking a lot of internal stuff and changing up stuff to be able to give an even better service and product for all of our clients. And it's already turning out to be tenfold better than it was before. So we just want to continue to do that and do 
bigger and better. Absolutely. My girlfriend's dad would probably be the only person in the history of people during COVID to say that COVID was probably the best time of his life because <laughs> he was working on, it's like contracting work. So he was able to like take a vacation every one oh, yeah. or two and like drive off to Minnesota or something, go sit on the lake. And so that's one thing during New Year's we all talked about. We're like, oh, COVID sucked. COVID sucked. And yep. he's like, it was pretty good for me. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not too bugged about it, but out of curiosity for yeah. me more so is how did you guys handle yourselves in that four months? Because obviously you said you have to change and adapt, but how did you, how did you stay afloat is like my biggest question. That's just, honestly, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of double back to the, my, when, uh, when I first started talking about how I first getting started is I knew that we needed to have, you know, you need to have, you know, saved cash. You need to have a uh, plan, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you need to have all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff in place. Um, and I also knew how to handle, you know, not to say just angry customers or things of that nature, but how to make sure that, you know, cause obviously the, what, what was affected the most is our revenue streams and our accounts payable and our accounts receivable. So, you know, essentially I knew is, you know, we have to have all those backup plans in place, but we also need to keep our accounts receivable on the same schedule because when your accounts receivable gets messed up on top of losing the actual revenue stream, that's when you're going to be like, Oh crap, I'm going to go four months without a single dime coming into that bank account. You need operating cash to pay employees. You know, I've got to think of, I have 10 plus other employees lives that I have to think of every single day. So that's what I was just thinking of, like, what's going to get us through this? And so I sat there and did this and we put different things into place about, you know, if certain people were scheduling, they, some of them have fees, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And that's, you know, and as bad as it sounds and some people get upset with that, I know and I knew what was necessary to ensure that the longevity of 402 event services as well as to keep our employees here and employed and so I can pay them. And as bad as it sucks, I had to be in the bad guy in some situation. Like, hey, unfortunately, you know, just as you know, you're involved with COVID and all that kind of stuff, and it's causing a huge issue on your life and stuff like that. On the flip side, I'm hurting just as much, if not more, in some situations because I'm losing, you know, six figures plus or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of where um, I was just like, what needs to be done to make sure that everything can be fine. And that's kind of, like I said, I really wouldn't have known how to be like, Oh crap moments or what needs to be done to put this in place, this place. If I didn't go through those other issues or go through this other crap in the, in my, the past my life, because I wouldn't know how to deal with angry customers or mm-hmm. how to go through all that kind of stuff. But me just knowing, you know, that that kind of stuff happens in business and, you know, with my father being a business and, you know, all of them, a lot of my family being entrepreneurs, you know, that's one big thing that I've always been taught is financials and how to work. That kind of stuff is, is just honestly just making sure you have, every plan and you have a, you have backup plan, your backup plans and you have, you know, you need to be assertive and you need to be on top of it. And that's just the one thing is, you know, if you're not on top of it and, you know, and helping people push it out to the way that you want it to and make it sense to people where either, either it's like, I'm going to book you for my wedding in 2022, or I'm going to reschedule and pay this fee for whatever it is. You got, you just got to learn of how to work it to people and how to, you know, talk to people and communicate with them. And that's another strong point that I said earlier is our communication structure. And that's where we are, you know, and we'll talk through some people because honestly, some clients come back a little angry with some situation, whatever it is. And, you know, every person has that. But if you sit there and if you be a person and you have a conversation, conversation with them and you like explain things and you're not rude or anything 10 times out of 10 they're gonna be like oh thank you I appreciate that or that makes sense or that kind of stuff like you don't need to go about it rude or you don't need to be mean or a jerk and that kind of stuff you know that's you got to learn of how to fit your market and how to fit their culture and how to fit your communication style and that's one thing that we've honestly that we've mastered here is we know how to talk to certain people we know how to communicate with other companies and individuals that are upset or angry you know there's certain ways to handle things and our communication structure is granted it kind of sucks internally because we're so rigid and structured about it 
But time and time again, people would be like, thank you for being on top of this or thank you for communicating or being all this. And that's kind of where, you know, helped us get to where we are now is we instilled that in people throughout the past year is, you know, we're doing this and we're doing all these things to make sure we're going to be around for forever. So we're going to execute this dream next year or whenever that, you know, whenever it is, we don't ever want you to think that we're going to execute something or you're going to pay us for something that you're not going to get or what are a subpar. That's no, that's not how we operate. That's not how we roll. Absolutely. I love that. Like if you guys can go back about four, three minutes, four minutes, take notes on everything that he just said, because that's the side of owning a business and being an entrepreneur that people don't see all the time. So that's really awesome. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah. Um, so can you talk to me a little bit about what you believe? And this is more that like, obviously this is your, like your opinion, but what do you believe is the key differentiator between you and your competitors? What do you think makes you guys stand out? Our communication and our culture. Love that. And why is that? Um, kind of just to, to our communication, it's so on point. We're so, I want to say, I want to say intense about it, but you know, kind of like I was saying before, you know, people, I, I've had endless people say, Stephen, we're booking you because you guys are so on point. You're one of the only people to respond or you responded this quick or this and that and anything. And I just know we're in the service industry. We're doing weddings and corporate events. You know, people pay us thousands of dollars. They deserve to have a response within 24 hours or they deserve to know what's going on. You know, we don't ever want people to just sit. Let's just say you email us. If you don't get a response in a week from our you know, email, that's Heads are going to roll internally in that situation, but that's just me internally because they, all of our staff know, you know, that's a very big deal. Communication structure, you know, response within 24 hours, you know, X, Y, Z, it, it really helps because communication and what I've always said is you can, you can have very bad things. Very bad things can come from poor communication or lack of communication. Like nothing positive is going to come from a lack of communication. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no such thing as over communication, you know. I don't care. You know, sometimes, you know, if the client gets annoyed from us over communicating or things like that, you know, I'm sorry, that sucks, but I would rather be in that situation than be like, Hey, I'm going to be, you know, MIA for two months and not even talk to you. I want to have you have as much information, if not more than what you need in front of you, not just because I don't want you to ask me, but you deserve to have that information in front of you, or, you know, you should have that information in front of you because you paid us X, Y, Z thousand dollars or whatever it is you know, that's kind of where we are. And then, you know, as we plan through all of these weddings and events and things like that, you know, just talking to the clients and being, you know, personable with them and having conversations. Like sometimes we'll go out with drinks with our clients and stuff like that. That's what kind of, you know, the culture part of it. We like to have fun and that's where we want people to see and find out how passionate and caring we really are and how much we love what we do here. Because once people see that and, you know, and another thing with the communication, when you're that on top of your communication, it obviously means you love your job and what you do and you're passionate about it it goes through and people are like, Oh yes. Like they're on top of their game. That means I'm going to book them. Cause they're so good mm -hmm. at this or X, Y, Z. And that's, you know, it's just super easy. Yeah. Some of the times you might have to send an email at eight o'clock at night or respond on a Saturday or Sunday, whatever it is. But doing that one thing is going to help us tenfold, you know, down the road or things like that. And that's just kind of, you know, the communication wise, that's what just makes us really good. And honestly, part of the reason why we have the team is because our communication needs to be on point. And that's just, you know, not just because of the volume or what we do, it's just, you know, all these clients deserve that. Uh, but then for our culture, I'm gonna kind of double back again, just because, you know, I just talked about the love and passion, you know, our culture, just how we operate, even on like onsite for events, how we have fun with each other, we like to play pranks, we like to have fun, like I so said, we like to go out with our clients and things like that. 
you know, we want it to be a non-stressful time. We don't want it to be, uh, you know, pardon my French, but a crappy time or a stressful time or any of that kind of stuff. We want you to be like, yes, we get to have a meeting with Steven and the 402 crew. Or like, yes, like absolutely. We're going to get so much done accomplished at this meeting or things like that. Like that's, you know, what I want. And I want people to be like, I love working with them. They're so cool. Like we just talked about X, Y, Z, and it doesn't even concern about the wedding. And I fell in love with them or they're so cool. We're going to go out with drinks and, you know, that's what I want. And that's kind of, you know, we get to a certain point a lot of our clients are just like, you guys are like our friends, like let's hang out. And that's what I want, you know, and that's kind of where we are because we cherish our clients so much and we call them our 402 family because they are a family. You know, we work with every client because if it's a small client, small package or big client, big package, whatever it is, we still talk with you guys. You guys are still a 402 family. Like you guys all mean more to us than you would ever know. But, and we want to make sure that we push out, you know, our love and passion. And that's why our culture is so strong. Like, that's why I make sure when we go through our hiring process and things of that nature is I straight up tell employee or, you know, potential applicants saying, Hey, our culture is a very big deal here. Like if you don't think you're going to mesh in, or if you're, if you're not down with pranks or if you're not down to do this or have mm-hmm. fun or all that kind of stuff, if you don't not, like the office. <laughs> yeah, 100%. We have office pictures in every single one of our offices. If you're not down for that stuff, and I'm not saying that you're not good at your job or whatever mm-hmm. it is, I'm just like, it might not be the right fit. And that's mm-hmm. a one thing is because if I want to say if you have one individual that's kind of like, man, it kind of passes out you, or it kind of shakes out a little wonky. But if you have every individual in your company that operates off the same kind of culture standard, you know, it's it's awesome because everyone's like, holy crap, your entire crew is awesome, Stephen. And I hear that all the time. And that's just because when, you know, our production guys are on site for, you know, install strikings or it's the girls on site for playing packages. They're like, Stephen, your crew is awesome or your mm-hmm. team is awesome and that's just because our culture you know we like to have fun we don't we're not silent when we're getting on site we like to have fun granted yes we're 110 professional we you know we give the five-star mm-hmm. service but also what goes hand in hand with that what a lot of people don't realize is have fun enjoy it communicate be passionate show that communication show that culture show that passion to the clients and that's going to go 10 times further than you just trying to be like i want to say i'll closed off and professional because there's definitely times for that in situations but, you know, be open, be have fun. And that's going to go a lot further. And, and, you know, when you communicate and regardless if it's a client, you know, thinking that, you know, they want a design that's completely different than what we gave to them. OK, cool. I apologize. Let's get your perfect design for whatever reason. It didn't work out the first one. We're here to work with you. You know, let's completely change the design and we'll make it even better than you ever imagined. So that's that. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to po- poke back at, yeah. you know, like communication and culture was because um, the most recent um, situation I was in to kind of like portray that was um a bridal show that I recently attended and you know I when I first started buttoned up it was it was really hard because obviously I had the, I have this goal I want to deliver an unforgettable experience to 45 wedding couples in my first year but at first it was well we need to make x amount of dollars so that way we can be profitable and that way we can you know move forward and I mean I think most people who start businesses like that's kind of their mindset initially right nope. and then I started to think I, I talked to a couple and I was it was the most casual, most fun, most honest, truthful like conversation I'd ever had with a wedding couple before. And in that moment, I finally realized it's not about the money. We're not, we're not, we're obviously we're not doing this for the money. We're doing this to create experiences, but the only way you can create experiences and create a, like a team that's honest and true to the message that we're trying to portray is to just be real, stop focusing on the money and just focus on communicating and creating a culture and an environment where your clients are feeling comfortable. And so the reason I said that was because obviously at this bridal show, there was me and then one of my competitors, I won't name them, but <laughs> <laughs> I talked to a wedding couple last night and the reason that she, she said that she emailed me, but not them. And the reason was just simply because in that moment at that bridal show, 
I looked at her and I spoke to her like a person and not like a dollar sign. Mm-hmm. And in that moment I realized I was like, this is, this is, this is it. Like yep. this, is, it's that simple, but it's, you don't know it until you know it. Yep. And that's amazing. Yep. So Steven, Mike, another question I have for you yep. is what's something, and this is going to, this is one that, this is one of the questions I was really excited about, but <laughs> what is something that you believed in business when you first started that you no longer believe today? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. Isn't it? That's a really good question. I was thinking about that and I was like, man, obviously I'm not at that point right now to ask that question to myself. Yeah. But like, there's so many things that I believe now that in 10 years, am am I still going to think it? So I think the best way to put that in my situation would be, because when I first started, I I really wanted to be a true one-stop shop where we offered everything under one roof. So photo, video, Mm -hmm. flowers, efficient, all that kind of stuff. Um, And one thing that I think that I no longer think is viable in the way we want to work our business plan as 402 event services is to offer all of those things directly under our roof. Um, not just because it didn't work out, but like I was talking about before, I don't ever want to dip down the quality or, you know, the quality of service or the products in any way, shape or form. And, you know, when we first started to do that, what I did notice, I was like, the quality just couldn't be there and you know, the service that they deserve and want and all that kind of stuff. It just, it wasn't panning out the way that we needed to. So that's why I'm, you know, that's why I created our, you know, our partnership program and all that kind of stuff where instead of offering it directly internally from 402 event services for all those packages where you essentially to say, Hey, I pay X amount of dollars for 402. They handle everything. You could still technically do that, but we outsource it to our partners for photo, for video, for flowers, stuff like that, because they are the best at what they do while we are the best at what we do. Mm. And we're honestly just like kind of spreading ourselves too thin. Like we couldn't be good at where we are now with our planning and production if we still had to do flowers, photo, video, officiant, DJ, all that kind of stuff all in one because we were spending more time trying to organize logistics and payment structures and all that kind of stuff for all those than we were executing dream weddings or putting together these huge conferences or whatever it is. And that's what I kind of realized. I was like, hey, that sucks not being a true one-stop shop, but it's gonna be better for us as well as other vendors as a whole to do it that way. Because, you know, I've made many more of, you know, relationships and things like that, that I've, when I first, when, you know, obviously when I first started, so I'm also fine kind of passing it off that way. Cause yeah. I, I want to give the business, the right business to the right individuals. And I don't want, you know, clients to come into me, but like, I want to buy you photo and video just because you can, you know, or just because I can at easy. I'm just like, nah, that's, that ain't me. Like I would much rather you pass on our services and, you know, book a planning package or something like that. And we can help interview, you know, photographers or videographers, whoever it is that are better for your situation mm-hmm. or better for your budget or better for what you want. And we could still do it like as it's one big thing just from us, you know, for you. But this way you're getting a better service at a better price. So we don't have to, you know, upcharge or do this for something that's not as good. That's what I would say is kind of the best world or not the best world. But the best answer to that question is kind of like instead of offering literally every type of service as a one stop shop directly under 402 is offload, you know, everything that we aren't good at, which photo, video, efficient, floors, all that kind of stuff to our partners. And then, you know, we also don't want people to ever think that just because we're offloading it doesn't mean that that awesome communication structure service is going to be broken. It's not, you know, we stay on top of all that to the point where it's, you know, like they feel like it's directly coming from us anyways. It's just a person that's way better at than what we are. Absolutely. I like how you talked about like at the beginning, you, you, you had this idea that 402 event services were going to offer everything. Right. And then you 
find like you realize like this is not this is not true to us yeah and that's how I feel the same about buttoned up and I just like I like being able to like hear what you say link it back to what I say and then kind of bringing this whole thing full circle is because initially I was like I want to do DJ and I want to do efficient and photo and video and then but before we even started and you know that's why I'm happy that I'm able to have these conversations with people is because before we even started I, I realized I was like I don't know anything about DJing yeah I don't know anything about officiating why do I why do I want to try and focus on something that I'm not educated in and given maybe that's not the best approach to it but I found I realized that photo and video is where we're the best at and if we can focus on that and make that our bread and butter and make that our baby and we can be the best in the state of Nebraska there's there's nothing else like that yeah. you can really ask for right yeah. and so take that take what you know perfect it and then grow it yep and so that's awesome man and that's kind of what that's what I did I took one year and I quickly realized I was like this ain't right so I kind of was like nope those are gone and we just perfected the other services and products from there and that's where we are now I love that I love that I think that's something that people should really keep in mind when they're starting their businesses too so Stephen a um, couple more questions yep. before we kind of wrap up here my, my, my next question is what's your vision for 402 event services in the next five to ten years I destroy know that, the Midwest event market love that that's love. and I tell all the staff that and that's we're, I want to say that we're on the path, but we're on the path. And that's, you know, that's my goal. And we have partnerships in different states, things like that. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's as simple as that. I want to destroy the the, mid, the event market in the Midwest. For sure. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I, that I heard. Um, I was reading in a book is like you, people are so focused on being the best in the nation or the best in the globe before they're even the best in their city. Yep. And that's the thing is like, that's one thing that we're focused on too, is just being the best in Omaha, then Lincoln, then yep. the Midwest. Yep. And that's, and you know, not shoot our horn or anything like that, but we've gotten awards. We've gotten all that kind of stuff. Not to say that we're done with Omaha or any of that kind of stuff. No, that's not it at all. But you know, we've operated in different States. We've executed events in different States that are honestly, they're just as epic as our ones in Omaha. And we want to be able to service all those people and give them the same service and product that, you know, that they're not able to get because we've gone up to different States just because people can't get necessarily not even just the same products or production or service, but they can't get that quality of service that they get from us. And that's kind of where we are and where we want to grow. And we know that partnerships with different, you know, venues and and vendors and things like that in different states are key for this. But, you know, that's what I've already been working on. That's already have in place. And, you know, the other people that we've been chatting with, we literally want to destroy the Midwest market and we want to like up and down the interstate corridor. We just want to lock that down through the Midwest. And that's just because, you know, the people that I've tried to do and, you know, where we want to do this, we're, we're, I don't want to say that we're scaled to that point yet, but you know, we can, we can do a lot of events in Omaha. We can do a lot of events in Lincoln, but now we can also operate in both those cities as well as different cities. And I want to continue to grow and I don't want to get too big too fast. Then, you know, cause one thing I've always also a bid by is you crawl before you walk. Um, and you walk before you run kind of thing in 100%, but you know, same way in business, you know, if you, if you're starting, if you're starting off running before you're crawling and walking, you're going to trip and fall and you're going to, you know, eat poop. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I would say the other word, but I don't want to, I don't want to cuss <laughs> on the podcast. You, you said, you said crappy earlier. Excuse my, my yeah, language. Excuse my French. <laughs> and you were like crappy. And I was like, man, if that's the worst thing that you're oh, saying. I'm, I'm a very vulgar person. I cuss a lot, but I try to like not do it on these things, yeah. obviously. <laughs> absolutely. But absolutely. so yeah, I kind of sounded weird as it came out of my mouth, but yeah, that's kind of where <laughs> I was, where I was heading with that is, you know, in, I, and I've seen a lot of people try to jump and, you know, be like, do this, you know, crazy idea and all this kind of stuff. But like I said, you've got to have that foundation. You got to crawl, you got to walk, and then you got to run. You can't, and another analogy I use here internally all the time is building a house. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to build that solid foundation. You've got to build the walls and then you've got to, you know, build the roof and you got to go from there. You can't just build a house without a foundation. You can't just build a roof without walls. Mm -hmm. You've got to, you know, you've got to start and you got to build your way up. And, you know, I'm not saying that we're going to have the biggest or nicest house because like you said earlier, we're not in this to make bajillions of dollars 
sponsors by any of the sort. We're here because we love weddings. We love events. We're passionate about them. And that's what we're here for. Uh, so to bring this up to like 10 to the last question that I have for you, and it's pretty simple. It's very straightforward. Yeah. This is just to add value to our audience because, you know, for those people who have stuck around listening so far, I want to say thank you so much um, because every time I get a chance to sit in the same room as an entrepreneur, as a creative you know, the fact that you guys are able to stick through these episodes, really listen and that you enjoy these episodes and this show enough to be able to listen to 40 minutes of me rambling with my weird sounding <laughs> voice all the time means the world. And so, Stephen, if you can give my audience one piece of advice when it comes to starting a business, and obviously there's a bunch of different things you could say, but what's the one that probably sticks out the most to you? I would say your team. Mm-hmm. Love that. I would, I would say team because... Culture, communication comes from the team. Being able to execute volume, being able to execute quality comes from the team. As much as I want to say it's just me doing, it's not. I, I wouldn't be where I am without my entire team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I don't want to say another key to success is, is but it's it's a very good idea is, you know, hire people that are better than you at certain things or Absolutely. smarter than you at certain things or smarter than you or better than you in general. I'm not saying which one is true or which one isn't true <laughs> here in 402 internally or that kind of sort, but that, honestly, that's a key. And, and we're very good here at 402 about each person knowing what they're good at, what they're, you know, what they're, what they strive at. And we put them in positions where they're able to strive, where they're able to grow. Um, because not only are we here to, you know, help grow 402 and all that kind of stuff. And I want to help build all of my employees and, and build them as individuals. Cause like I said, I want to destroy the event market and I want us to have the best damn staff that we can. Can I even say, can I say yeah, damn? Okay. Absolutely. Right. I, I curse on this podcast <laughs> so often. You weren't cursing and I was like, I don't want to cross the line. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, I mean, if I knew that I would have been cussing, but, um, and that, you know, that there's multiple different ways that you can kind of depict that too. Yeah. It, but that's, you know, when you first start, you don't need to hire a full, you know, be smart about it, but you know, take your time and it crawl before you walk. And, and that's a big thing is in, just because you fail at something or just because you make an error or mistakes, you know, whatever mistakes happen, you know, we're all human. It's physically impossible for us not to make mistakes or not to have issues or not to have problems or not to get upset. It's, it's how you go about it, making sure that you have the right end goal. I guess you could say, I don't, you know, it's, I don't want people to, you know, I want to say that weddings and, and events and things like that, they're going to make you the richest man in the world or the poorest man in the world. But, you know, you can't really get into this industry or this world being like, you know what, I'm going to walk in, make six figures this first year. And I'm going to walk in, make a million bucks. I'm going to, you know, sell my business in five years or mm-hmm. whatever it is, or just own an event planning business or a production business and not be you know there active, things like that. Like that ain't going to fly. Like you've got to go in it with the right mindset that you're passionate, that you're there for the right reasons um, and that you can scale it to the way that you want because everyone wants to scale, but everyone needs to scale differently. And that's mm-hmm. just because everyone's financials is differently. Everyone, how they operate is differently. What they offer is different. And it's going to be a little bit different to everyone else, but don't rush, you know, kind of rot. Don't rush. Take your time. Do your due diligence, build your business plan, crawl before you walk. Because like I said, if you, if you want to run, you're going to have some problems. You know, you're going to trip along the way and you're going to have some stuff that you ain't going to be able to handle. You're going to find that big crack and you're going to get eaten by it. Or if, you know, if you start sprinting, yeah, if you start sprinting before you crawl, like you can, it can turn even worse, you yeah. know, and that's just essentially saying you're going to take this pig, huge idea. Maybe there's no financials behind it, or maybe there's a litigation issue or something behind it. Like it can go crazy stuff. No one knows, but you know, you just need to make sure that you do it your right way because you know how I first started versus how you did was Mm -hmm. different. And you know how, where we were for our office and warehouses and stuff like that is going to be different how other people are and stuff like that. But it's, you know, do it the right way. Don't, you know, jump before you crawl and it just make sure that you do it the way that makes sense to you. 
and that you don't financially burden yourself. And that's another big thing is too, because I bootstrapped 402 with my own money. Like I didn't get loans or any of that kind of crazy stuff. I bootstrapped with my own money. And that's the best way to do it is because you don't want to go back. Hey, I need a $500,000 loan to start a business and then have to make all that money back to be able to pay it back. And then I can make money from a profit. Like, no, if you want to start that, you know, cool. That's, that's on you, but you better have some big goals because, you know, like I said, I bootstrapped. I was my, I was the only person working for 402 for almost a year. And that's the way I wanted it. Cause I wanted to get us, I wanted to get the name down. I wanted to get people to recognize who we are, then to grow on top of that and do things like that. I didn't want to start off doing, you know, 200 weddings a year or 200 events a year? No, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I wanted to grow into that. And that's where we are now because we have the scalable effect to that. We have the staffing, we have the production, we have the calendars, we have the availability for all that stuff now, where if you don't have that before and you want to start there, you're going to have a lot of issues and you're going to fall and you're going to lose money. Let me elaborate on the team aspect really quick, because that's one thing also that people who are starting businesses, they tend to forget is like, they want to start this business and they want to be the the hot shot and the superstar and the business owner. And I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing everything. But if you're, if you're doing this and you're in a business for yourself, you are going to plummet. And I mean, you might not think you might not think this, but you are going to plummet faster than you, than you like, than you think. The reason is because you need, if you're starting a business, you need to have a solid team behind you. And maybe that's not staffing. Maybe that's not having, you know, a front desk rep or, you know, somebody handling your financials right away. But you know, when you're starting a business, making sure that is as simple as making sure that your contracts are written by somebody who's reliable and knows what they're doing from an attorney, you might have to shell out some pretty good money. But at the end of the day, that's going to pay off in the long run, making sure that you have a good CPA. Like, yep. the, like all those different things are massive. Oh, 100%. And honestly, you know, I was, I was blessed. I really didn't have to try too hard for those things just because my, you know, my father and my mom and, you know, all of my family has been in business for so long is, you know, they said, Hey, here's our banker, here's our CPAs, mm-hmm. you know, just use them. Cause we've been using them for 30 years or whatever it is. So I was blessed in that. And cause, so I knew, you know, from before I even wanted to start the business, I, I knew we had to have all those things in place, but 110%, you know, in my, like I said, in my situation, I was blessed. I really didn't have to worry about it, but you 110%, I, I, I don't know how to do taxes. No, yeah. not my, not, <laughs> I pay a company to do it now and I always will. Cause that's, you know, one thing, you know, you need to dot your I's and you need to cross your T's. And that's another thing that I learned, honestly, from the failures in the past. You need to dot every I, cross every T, especially if you have employees, especially if you're doing events um, and to kind of touch on your contracts part, like as bad as it sounds, some of the times poo-poo happens with events and clients aren't happy. You know, if having a contract in place, that saves your butt or... And, you know, vice versa could save the client's butt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those are just small little things that 100% when you first start, shell out the money, get them right. Because, you know, if you do XYZ contract or if you write your own, God Take knows what, yeah, God knows what can happen. Yeah. And it, they'll, maybe someone tries to sue you and they, you know, you're going to have to spend 10 grand on litigation at minimum or whatever it is. You know, it's, it's not even worth it. Spend the few hundred bucks for an, an attorney to write your contracts mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever it is, just dot every I cross every T. And, you know, if you, don't think you're doing something right. Stop what you're doing. Think about it. Ask and then go forward. You know, don't just drop something. Don't just think that something's not important. But especially when you're starting a business, you know, there's so many tax forms. There's so mm-hmm. many documents. There's a bank accounts. There's all that, you know, all these signatures. You There's so much stuff that's going on. Take it slow. Like I said, crawl before you walk. Dot every I, cross every T. Because even if you think you're cutting corners cost-wise or time-wise and you're first starting, it's going to bite you in the ass. 110, 10% will bite you in the ass. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, honestly, I'm speaking from experiences from COVID. We had to rewrite our contracts because I didn't have a, a, a pandemic clause in there because I honestly never thought that we would, we would have to deal with. Yeah, <laughs> and especially in a pandemic where it shuts down events. Like mm-hmm. that's, you know, like 
I never thought that, but we learned, we adapt. I got that rewritten or rewritten and all of our contracts and stuff like that are changed, but that's, I would 100%. Like you need to, and I'm not a legal person or attorney by any means, I would 100% set up a meeting with an attorney or a CPA, be like, what are the things that I need to do? Mm -hmm. Cause that's essentially what I did is I knew like, I need to do this, need to do this, need to do this, need to do this, need to do this. Make sure you do it right. Make sure you take the time. You know, another big thing is, you know, every business, if you don't, you should have some kind of written business plan with mm -hmm. all that information in there because business plans contain so much information. But make sure you take your time to write those because honestly, I've seen people start businesses and do all kinds of stuff without a business plan or a plan or without goals. Not saying that you can't succeed, but it's going to be so much harder. It's, you don't know your goals. You don't know the direction you want to go and you don't know, you know, the market saturation value for, you know, what other competitors have in your area or things like that take the time, you know, do it right. If it's, you know, if you make your, you know, if you post or uh, that you're finally public a few months later, because I originally wanted it the first of when I first started um, in 2016 or the first of the year in 2016, it took so long to get the stuff back. I can only do it towards the end of March. So that's, you know, I, I would much rather not tell anyone that I was starting a business and then be like, bam, you know, three months later and, but all my things are in place or all my ducks in a row versus just being like, you know what, I'm starting a business, make it post on public or make it public on Facebook, but not have anything legal in place, not have the LLC documents in place, not have your tax documents in mm -hmm. place. Cause you know, you could try to say, Hey, I'm, this is a business is awesome. But if you don't have those little miscellaneous, all that stuff in place and all the stuff behind the scenes working, you know, it's going to bite you in the ass one way or another. Mm -hmm. And honestly, man, like when I wrote my business plan, I don't, when you first start, you don't know how to write a business plan right Correct. off the bat. So, I mean, mine, I, I just Googled, you know, the different aspects and the different like sections within a business plan. And I wrote, and I just made sure the biggest part about that is understanding what's your goal. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you want to start a video production company, but why, Yeah. where do you see it going? You know, those other things. But on top of that, man, it's like just simply, just simply having those goals and just understanding where you want to go is massive. So, yeah. um, with that being said, Steven, you know, this conversation has been amazing. I've learned a lot from you. You can guarantee I'm going to come back and be asking <laughs> way more questions. Because I'm, I'm I fine with it. I want to pick your brain a little bit more, but where can people go to find you guys on socials, on your website? Yeah, for sure. So on Facebook and Instagram, it's just 402 Event Services. Um, and then our website is 402eventservices.com. Info at 402eventservices.com. And we all can man those those points of contact, stuff like that. So, um, either any of those ways is the easiest way to contact us. All of our pictures and stuff like that, obviously Facebook, Instagram, all of our main stuff is on our website, but those are the easiest ways to find us. Uh, I guess we have LinkedIn stuff like that, but that's all Facebook and Instagram. Perfect. <laughs> and that'll all be linked in the description on our show notes. And with that being said, guys also go check us out on Instagram at buttoned up weddings. Check us out on our website at buttonedupweddings.com. And if you guys are listening to this on Spotify, remember I said this at the beginning, but give us a Rating, give us a follow on iTunes. Make sure you give us five stars. We'd really appreciate it. <laughs> and with that being said, guys, take the notes that you've taken today, go implement them, go execute, and make the perfect day.